0: Hello, this is episode 354 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. Okay, so if you guys hear like a humming and like a breezy sound in today's episode, uh, it's because I have to have a fan on me. Our AC is being serviced by my amazing husband, Kevin, who is redoing all of the pipes in our AC today. And so there's just no way around having it be loud. And so here we are. You're here for it. I'm here for it. And today we are chatting about mold, which is one of the reasons why my my husband is redoing our AC because of mold. So perfectly timed episode. And today is super special. I have my friend Anne Scabble on to chat about her experience with mold and just her overall experience with health. This is an experience episode where we're just talking with a regular person about their issues and just their experience with life. As the title says, we're going to be covering uh, mold toxicity and just being chronically ill due to mold exposure. And I wanted to touch on a couple of items before we get into today's episode so that you fully understood kind of what mold is, what mycotoxins are, how it affects the body, why it does. And so let's kind of go through that first and then we will um, introduce Anne and we'll get started. So, all molds, if they they are toxic will have something called a mycotoxin and mycotoxins compete for food and attack other molds to win out so if you have non Like, no bad mold, but you have like one bad mold, the mycotoxins from that will like attack the other molds to like win out with them, and the strongest will survive. And each mold creates one or more mycotoxins. So each of these molds and their mycotoxins can produce different types of symptoms. In today's episode, we talk about some of those symptoms. I think like the biggest one that's kind of Uh, spoken to me quite deeply and kind of shifted a lot of the work that I used to do in this space is mold's effect on hormones. So You guys may know me as like the hormone lady, the keto hormone lady. I get a lot of messages about hormones. I've done a lot of videos and stuff about hormones. I have no doubt that I naturally came to the ketogenic diet due to my hormones because of mold. I share in the episode today that in 2007, my husband and I had a pretty significant uh, leak in our roof when we were living in a condo, and it like went through basically the whole place and it was really bad and instead of fixing everything uh, the, the drywall was taken out and then just redone and so we had a lot of water damage in the trusses of the, the roof and down through the anyway like so much water damage so much mold and that's really when a lot of my symptoms started popping up and at the time I wasn't working with practitioners who fully understood mold. And that was around the time that my hormones went sideways, I had gone off birth control. And so everyone thought it was the birth control. And through understanding my story now and kind of my experience, I'm definitely feeling like mold was a huge factor in that. Um, So mycotoxins, mycotoxins rather can affect your hormones by lowering melatonin. It can cause inflammation like food sensitivities, IBS, immune dysregulation, uh, low vitamin D because of increased viral activity. So if somebody comes to me with like a vitamin D below about 25, there's a red flag in my mind that either says, is this an autoimmune pattern? Is this viral activity happening? Is this a potential mold situation? Um, It can compromise the HPA access, um, causing severe fatigue. It can disrupt vitamin D metabolism because of that increased viral activity. Oh man, it can lower testosterone. It can diminish motivation. Um, You can actually have swelling of the brain, which is what causes the brain fog with mold. It can cause a dysfunction in the cellular metabolism and energy via mitochondrial drainage. So when the brain, there's this thing called glymphatics. And basically every night while you're sleeping your brain drains okay into the back of your brain and then down okay so that's how the brain like they call it the brain drain and when your brain is swollen because of these mycotoxins, it doesn't have the ability to drain and it can cause a lot of mitochondrial issues. And that those are the energy centers of, of the cell. And so diseases that are linked to mold or SERS, um, it can also be connected to autoimmune and thyroid issues can be things like fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, chemical sensitivity, Hashimoto's, Graves. Now with Graves, they usually have H L A D R. Lupus is also connected with SIRS and mold. Uh, mast cell activation. I personally experience mast cell activation. It is incredibly frustrating. I have crazy reactions to chocolate, um, oranges. Uh, it's not great. Tomatoes and uh, mood disorders and depression and schizophrenia can also be connected uh, to mold and SIRS. And so, I kind of just wanted to like go through this initially to kind of set the tone of kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And oh, also, I wanted to kind of highlight. So I've, I've started working um, for about a year and a half with clients who have been in homes with mold. And so these are some of the questions that I ask my clients to determine whether or not we need to kind of start thinking about whether or not mold is an issue or are contributing to their imbalances. So here are some of those questions. Has your work or home recently been flooded or ever had water damage? Are any of your family members or co-workers chronically sick or experiencing similar symptoms to you? Have you noticed mold in your work or home? Do your symptoms get worse on rainy days? Um, What do you do for work? That's a big one. Are you exposed to dust, chemicals, or fumes at work? Do your symptoms change when you're in a particular location? Uh, Do your symptoms get worse on rainy days? So those are just some of the items. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the symptoms of mold exposure, the signs of mold being in your home, the signs of your blood work. I share some patterns with you on what to look for in your blood labs. And if you love talking about blood labs, uh, we're going to be talking about labs in episode 356. I'm going to be going through what functional blood chemistry is, why I'm using it in my practice, and how you can look at your own labs and see some of the patterns. Then we're going to be talking about testing for mold, how to to remove mold from your body and home and like how to address overall and if after listening to this episode, you're like, ah, <laughs> I need help. Um, I'd love to help you. Um, the best way to do this is to go to healthfulpursuit.com slash shop. And on that page, you're going to see some options on how to work with me. If you go to the coaching section, it'll be way down at the bottom likely still. Um, so just look for coaching with me and you can click on that link and there are a couple of options on how you can work with me. And hopefully this year, 2020, 2020- Twenty-two. I'm I'm starting to work on a new program. It's it's a long time in the making because I do have a lot of clients, and I'm just trying to figure out how to create space to work on this. But the best way to get in contact with me is likely through that coaching page, um, if it's something that you're interested in. And so, ah. Oh. Our guest today is Ann Scavel, and she's going to be talking about her experience overcoming mold and being in a moldy environment. Um, she uh, practices holistic nutrition. She has a website called Ignite Alignment. That's I-G-N-I-T-E alignment.com. So I'll include that link in the show notes today. And I'm just really excited to have this conversation. It's something that I I didn't learn about in school and I'm really disappointed that I didn't because it is such a prevalent issue in today's world. (laughs) And if you live in a place that has rain, then you might have mold in your home. uh, Or if your shower doesn't dry properly, you might have mold in your home. Like there are just so many things and it could be causing issues. And so it's better to know than not know. And I'm really pumped to have Anne on the show today to share her experience with all of you. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. Starting and maintaining keto can be challenging without the right support. So just for listening to the podcast, I want to give you 20% off the keto beginning with the coupon code KETOPODCAST. That's all one word. This 30-day program gives you a clear step-by-step how-to so you can quickly adapt to a ketogenic diet, avoid common struggles, and get the results you crave. Go to health healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of happyketobody.com, or maybe you know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Hello, Anne. How are you? Hi, Leanne. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm so
0: good. I am thrilled to have you on the show today. Like, this is going to be great. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Thank you for having me. This is beyond exciting for me. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Okay. So I would love in your own words to tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what's brought you to this place now and kind of where you've been over the last couple of years and and what that's been like for
1: you. Absolutely. I would love to share. It's a culmination of six years of changes, basically where I am right now. Back in Brazil, I was a dentist. I was an orthodontist more specifically, which is the specialty that deals with braces, and orthopedics of facial bones. And I had always been really dedicated to my career and studies while overlooking, of course, a lot of other aspects of my life, including my health and my diet. After a few years of clinical practice, I was dealing with very low energy, as well as incapacitating levels of pain. And this progressed to the point where I would have to cancel my schedule on certain days, as I couldn't physically care for patients. I remember spending days in bed because of pain, covered in heating pads, not able to do simple tasks like washing my hair or doing the dishes because the pain was just that intense. So all that I had worked really hard to achieve career-wise was now starting to be compromised due to my chronic pain issue. And doctors couldn't give me an answer about what was going on. I was also seeking additional help with physiotherapy, acupuncture, pilates, basically investing a good chunk of my income on treatments. And nothing was changing my situation, but instead just temporarily, very temporarily, relieving symptoms. I started being concerned for my future, not knowing if I was going to be able to recover from whatever was happening. And I remember when I reached the breaking point. I crumbled on my knees before God, sobbing with every fiber of my body until there was no more tears to be shed. I was praying for an answer. I just wanted to know what was behind that experience I was having, all that pain, that incapacitating pain. And the answer didn't come during my prayer moment while I was ripping my heart apart in front of God, but it didn't take long to come. After wiping my tears away, it was time to have some food, so I went into the kitchen and reached for one of my go-to snacks toast with cream cheese as soon as i had the first bite in my mouth i looked at what i was holding in my hand and i said this is it it's what i'm eating it was as if that information had been channeled straight from above and after receiving the message i started doing my research The first dietary change I made was to switch from conventional dairy to lactose-free dairy. And surprisingly, that reduced my pain levels by 50% in one week. And of course, that pushed me to research and learn more about nutrition. During that time of deepening my research of how my food choices could impact my well-being was when I came across your YouTube channel. Until then, I had no idea that holistic nutrition even existed, and I had never heard the word keto. After binge watching your YouTube videos as well as learning from all the keto people that were sharing their knowledge back then, I decided to try the keto diet myself. And honestly, your book, Fat Field, was an amazing resource at that time. My first noticeable difference on the very first day when I had no carbs for breakfast, oh my God, it was like I was plugged into a power outlet, just so much energy. And before that day, I had never skipped breakfast. It was always some sort of carb in it. So my baseline for energy was very different from what I experienced on my first day with the carb-free breakfast. And as I started tweaking my diet in light of new findings I would come across, I started to progressively feel better and better. I was actually finally able to practice dentistry again without the crippling pain. But something had changed. It was not my passion anymore. And I was just amazed by the power of this newfound medicine that mainstream healthcare had not offered me. I was so marveled at the results and yet perplexed as to why none of the healthcare professionals I sought out, who were regarded as the best in my area, had never even asked a single question about my diet. This lit a fire in me, gave me the drive to shed light on the power of nutrition for the entire world to see. So I realized it was time for a change, to switch careers, to learn how it could ease the suffering of other people by deepening my understanding of health. Since this represented a new beginning for me anyway, I decided to take it a step further and combine it with a pre-existing dream of mine living in Canada. It took a lot of courage and faith to make this jump and I couldn't have done it without God's reassurance, what actually leads me to another very powerful prayer response story. As I was approaching the date of my trip to Canada, I started realizing how much I was leaving behind and worry started settling in. One day when I was in the middle of my daily Bible reading, I was compelled to put my worries and fears before God and ask for His direction. And I remember wording Part of my prayers like this, God, I will only go if I get a clear yes from you. I need to know that this is what you want for me before I can make the jump. Be clear when speaking to me so that I cannot question that this is your will. And after this prayer, I resumed my Bible study, which carried on, starting with this verse from the book of Acts, chapter seven, verse three. Leave your country and your people, God said and go to the land i will show you that was it there was no there was no more room to question that god was with me in this journey and that he would be using me for his purpose if i allowed him to so here I am in Canada, expanding my knowledge and wisdom as a healthcare provider and as a human in this planet, trying to understand, as the natural empath I am, how I can better serve people around me and God with my gifts and acquired knowledge. Now I have been here for almost six years, six years. I have completed my holistic nutrition diploma at Pacific Rim College, and I have learned so much more than I thought I would about health which obviously doesn't stop with food, and that it's so amazing to me that your YouTube channel and your book played such a big role in this process for me, and that now here I am on your show. It's just very exciting, and I'm just amazed with how God's plan played out with this. Wow. And
0: that is just, it is, I'm speechless. Like I heard so many different themes to your story from pain and then hope and responsibility. I think that's a big piece to what I was hearing of just, you had a problem and you didn't stop at being told it wasn't a problem. And it sounds like, you know, your, your doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. And They didn't know what was causing it. They didn't bring up diet. And I mean, that's such a a common story of so many people. In fact, my husband was chatting with one of the kids that he mentors uh, yesterday and the kid struggles with acne and a bunch of things. And Kevin, my husband did also, and he went to a doctor when he was living in Germany and said, like, my acne's so bad. I'm in my 20s. This shouldn't be a thing. Do you think it's something that I'm eating? And the, the doctor said, no, there's no way. Like what you eat has nothing to do with your skin. And when I met him, I was like, yeah, no, it's dairy. You need to remove dairy. And sure enough, it cleared up. And so I think, you know, when kids are struggling with their skin and they're like, I don't know what's wrong nobody's telling them that it's something simple like food. And so to hear that you took that responsibility that you were like, I got to figure this out and that you went to the Lord and you sought out help and like, just help me. I was actually reading Isaiah 6 this morning. And what really spoke to me in that is that Isaiah is sitting there. He's looking at God. The glory of God is like just amazing that he is led to to see his sin and how much he needs God. And uh, God heals him of his sin and forgives him. And the first thing Isaiah does after God says, I need a messenger, Isaiah says, here I am. Send me. He doesn't say, I'll go like, I'll go. And what I heard in your story was very much like, I'm planning on maybe doing this thing, but not unless you bless this, not unless you tell me like, this is where I need to go. And I see that in Isaiah too, of like, here I am, send me like, send me if that's the purpose that you have for me. And I have no doubt that by going to Canada and learning that he has a amazing plan for you. And I'm excited to see where that goes. And so that's just it's such a beautiful story and i'm so proud of you that it's like i hear a lot of fear take over people when they are experiencing many of the things that you've experienced and i think it's such an encouraging story of not only were you dealing with significant pain with no answers but then you moved from brazil to canada To find more answers and to change your passion like completely, that's a 180 change. Wow. I'm just, I'm amazed.
1: Thank you, That's Sharing this with you is so special to me, especially because I know that you get it in so many different levels. And I'm hoping that your audience will also be blessed by what we're sharing here in the sense of, yeah, there's more to be investigated. If you're dealing with health challenges, your doctor might not be bringing it all up. And for me currently, I have even discovered the role that mode has played into my health historically, and I had never noticed that before. And I'm excited to see that you have been sharing about that information as well. And yeah, diet is amazing, but it can't fix everything, right? I've
0: just about completed the FDN, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Course. (laughs) Many of you have been asking me whether or not getting into functional health and running a functional health business is worth the effort. When I started studying nutrition back in 2007, I had zero interest in making it a full-time job. I just wanted to learn about health so I could help myself. Three paperback books, 21 plus digital programs and over 400 podcast episodes later, I was like super mistaken. (laughs) Looking back, I wish I'd chosen my first program wisely. When I graduated from CSNN in 2008, I did not feel equipped to work with clients. I hear this about many programs out there today. They're super rich in knowledge, but really poor in delivering the resources and tools that students need to develop a thriving business." I only wish FDN would have been my introduction to the functional health world. Functional Diagnostic Nutrition sets up their graduates for success and gives them the ability to build their own thriving full-time practice after certification. Going through the course material as somebody who has been actively involved in the field of nutrition for over 14 years, with a lot of struggle there in the beginning to figure out how to actually like help my clients, I quickly realized that FDN graduates do not face this same struggle. Plus, you get to be your own first client. with five lab screenings included in the cost of your tuition and over 12 hours of one-on-one mentorship, you will learn to walk the talk as a practitioner so you can improve your own health while in turn learning how to help others. And that's really where the gold is. FDN thoroughly delivers a program that gets somebody who is brand new to nutrition up and going with confidence. Oh, I wish I'd found this program when I first started. If you're looking to get into the field, set up your own business with success and turn your love, of nutrition into a full-time job of helping others. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash FDN. That's healthfulpursuit.com slash FDN for more information. And as always, the links will be in the show notes. Yes, completely. I had a realization probably about a year ago. My diet, I mean, for those who have followed me for a while, it's pretty on point. Like there's really nothing with my diet that could really be improved upon. And I don't say that to my own horn, but just like I've dialed it in so much to the point where I was still facing issues and I realized like this has got to be not diet related. Like there have to be issues that cannot be solved by diet alone. Like there's something else that I'm missing. And I think diet is so incredibly important, but something I tell my clients often is that diet lifestyle now that includes your environment and and touched on mold being one of those and supplements like those three things combined together are so important because without one the other can't survive it's really a comprehensive approach and when you're dealing with you know in your case with pain it sounds like the pain was primarily caused by dairy and by removing the dairy the pain was reduced. But if we're living in a home that has mold in it, and our bodies aren't very good at detoxifying, we're going to hold on to those mycotoxins, and it can cause a significant amount of issues, neurological problems. I mean... Oh, the list goes on. Weight gain. That's a big one. When women say like, I moved into a new house a year ago, and I've been just dealing with so much weight gain. I think it was the stress of the move. And I don't entirely know what's going on. I'm like, "Mm, sounds like mold. (laughs) So, you know, it's really important that we have these sorts of conversations, because I think what's missing is just that yeah, those answers for just women to understand what could be going on versus, you know, what they're told by their primary, because we'll probably touch on mold. I kind of want to go through more symptoms. We talked about uh, neurological stuff, brain fog, uh, weight gain, when you've moved into a new place, uh, dizzy, dizziness, um, that can happen quite a lot. Um, Migraines, achiness, You know, achiness all over, even with pain that's reduced through the removal of dairy. I mean, you could have had mycotoxins in your body from homes that was exacerbated by the dairy, memory loss. Oh, I get this symptom, the tightness in chest where you feel like you're air hungry and you just like, "Uh, I can't get enough. I can't get enough air puffiness. That's very much to do with the weight gain. Also, you just feel like tight and puffy so you know as we get into the conversation about mold those are some of the symptoms that I find my clients have often
1: yeah you touched on a lot that I have experienced myself and it's very interesting because I have moved a lot I've had noticed different symptoms on each place where I've lived so when I first moved to Canada to study holistic nutrition I was living in a a like old character home I had no idea that mold was a thing, but in one year living there, I gained 20 pounds while studying nutrition and actively working on my diet, and I had never had weight problems in my life. I had had the health challenges, but I was always on the skinny side, which actually contributed for me to have a really terrible diet. I could get away with anything uh, regarding my weight. So I did have the weight gain on a specific house, on another house where I lived. I had this killer migraines that wouldn't go away for anything. And then at my home back in Brazil, when I was having all this chronic pain issue, it was definitely like, I have no doubt that mold was an issue. Dairy was just probably contributing to the inflammatory response that I was having to it and exacerbating my pain. But after dealing with the mold and realizing that wasn't an an issue at my life and making active, aggressive changes again in my life. I have been enjoying the benefits of not being exposed to mold and my health and wellness has changed dramatically.
0: That's amazing. Wow. And it's so true, like different mold, there are different mold families and depending on the severity of the mold in the home, um, you can have different symptoms Wow, isn't it just incredible? And oh, another symptom that's quite common that everyone just doesn't even think about, but it can be a really strong sign of mold, is getting up to urinate in the middle of the night. Yes, it'll happen sometimes where you just drank too much water and you have to pee in the middle of the night. But a big red flag for me, which is kind of what got me started on the mold, was. I would notice that I would be getting up like three to six times at night to pee. And I hadn't had water. Like I would keep moving my water earlier in the day to one day where I stopped drinking water 1pm. And I was like, I'm going to go to bed completely dehydrated and see what happens. Sure enough, I still got up in the night to pee four times. And I'm like, Nope, this is definitely a problem. I'm going to do a mold test. <laughs> that was kind of the breaking straw. And I see that Quite a lot with my clients, that can be a big red flag for mold. And so I guess it's important too, while we're chatting about mold, to talk about uh, what maybe you saw in the homes that you were living in. Did you see any mold? Did you see water damage? How did you know
1: that it was mold in your home? So I've never seen any significant mold growth anywhere. My house in Brazil did have some water damage in the sense of, I noticed the roof leaking a bit when it would rain like downpour rain that we get in Brazil so that's quite common actually in Brazil so no one gets too concerned about it. I didn't know any better to be concerned about it. In my uh, previous home here, the last one where I lived, it was a, a, an apartment building in my apartment there was nothing there was an event where the sprinkler went off and flooded two floors of the apartment building. Below my apartment, my apartment did not get damaged. But as of right now, I cannot even enter that building without feeling sick instantly. The reason why I now know it's mold. It was also a prayer answer, similar to the story about the food that I was eating before. God also revealed me that knowledge. And then I did my research. I'm like, yeah, this is a real thing. And also I became so sensitive that I uh, started having acute responses to mold. I enter an environment or I touch something with mold. My body tells me, Right away, there's no chance that I can miss it. So now it's kind of gave me a sensor of like, this is safe, this is not safe. And if I stay away from mode, I have no symptoms. As soon as I'm exposed to something that even came from that apartment building, if I haven't cleaned it, I will feel sick. Wow. That's incredible,
0: isn't it? I noticed a big difference when we got proper filtration in our, in our air, like for our air in our home, because yeah, those like, I guess the issue is, and you touched on it a little bit when you're living in places that are humid, that have lots of rain, I think like, I basically think anywhere in Florida and anywhere like South of Florida, any of the Caribbean islands, like anything really Beyond that, where it's humid, you're going to have water damage. I mean, it's very common when you're purchasing homes in the Caribbean where you will see water damage by the windows and you just think, oh yeah, like we'll fix it. No big deal. But oftentimes that's like a number one sign of there being uh, mycotoxins and behind sinks and uh, dishwashers and, you know, your fridge is a big one you know like when you're cleaning behind there if you have a water line going to your fridge oftentimes water will drip down and go underneath kevin and i my husband we purchased a home a long time ago we had a condo and there was significant water damage in that condo and we ripped it apart and fixed it up but we left a lot of trusses that had water on them and we're like no big deal we're going to cover them up with drywall I have no doubt that that was the beginning of and we're talking like 2007, I believe in that home. And as far back as I can remember, we've had water damage in our homes, whether it be a leaking roof or issues with snow getting in in Canada or ocean water getting into boats and, you know, just leaving it, you know, mopping it up. But then there being water damage, I think it's a lot more common than we know. And. Now in episode 356, coming up on the show pretty quickly, um, we're going to be talking about uh, reading your kind of going through your own lab work and looking for patterns in your lab work. And there's actually a mold mycotoxin pattern. And I'll, I'll share a little bit today with you guys. You can kind of look for it and I'll just share one with you. There's over, I think it's like 18 or 20 markers in your blood work that could point to there potentially being a concern for mold. But I think the biggest one as like a red flag of like, maybe I should dig into this deeper is usually uh, where your monocytes are elevated. Generally, I'll see uh, monocytes above like 8% 8% in like concerns with mold and then with the CO2 uh, being lower, you know, in mold people that are still living in mold, I'll usually see the CO2, I don't know, somewhere around like 19, 20 ish around there. So it's a very complex pattern. So I'll share those two markers, but it could be a good indication if you're a numbers person, what potentially if it is a concern for you. And I think like, oh, people
1: aren't talking about this enough. Would you agree, Anne? Absolutely. And it's interesting that I started talking about it with everyone that is like close to me. It has changed my life upside down to go through all the health challenges that became acute for me when being in a Modi environment of like not being able to even be at my home because of that. And I've noticed that even after having such a powerful experience and having people close to me that were very, very supportive, I've noticed that some of them, them couldn't help thinking, like, I wonder if that is actually what Anne is dealing with. It's challenging for people to grasp how sick you can be by mode that is not visible and by things that are common to every single person everyone has seen some water damage in their home right like so it's I think it's challenging for people to know that something that is so common it's not actually supposed to be normal and it's not actually good for your health but that goes uh, applies to many other topics that we discuss on natural health right
0: okay. So now that you're in a new home, are you, did you test the new home for mold? Have you tested yourself for mold? Are you doing the testing route or are you more just going off of symptoms?
1: I'm going based on symptoms and I consider doing some testing and the reason why I would test, to be honest, was just to have it on paper for other people. And then I thought, I don't want to waste the money with that because I know for sure what it is that I'm dealing with. My body tells me right away when I enter in an environment where there are toxins in the air, it's instant. And what I did with my new home was when I visited the home, I asked the potential landlord, would you be okay with me spending a good hour and a half here uh, tomorrow to make sure that not not one of my sensitivities get triggered here before I sign the lease? And he said, yeah, absolutely. So I spent an hour and a half here, and I felt better than what I felt when I walked in initially. So that was all the proof I needed because I'm at a position right now where my body tells me right away what's going on. So it the health challenges were very concerning of like going with my body was crushing whenever I entered a moldy environment but it turned out to be a blessing because I could screen what was safe and what was not safe and so far I haven't had a single symptom uh, flare up in here and it's been a couple of weeks already that I'm here.
0: keto flu, impossible fasting symptoms that stop you mid fast cravings at any hour of the day or feeling off after a sweaty workout. These are some of the signs that you're low in electrolytes. When I first started keto, I made all of the mistakes. One of the biggest ones was not supplementing with electrolytes. And still seven years into keto, I often forget how essential electrolytes are. Honestly, it's easy to forget to take electrolytes because well, a lot of them don't taste very good or work very well. Enter Element, the most delicious, well balanced electrolyte powder I've personally tried, like ever. Add to water and enjoy any time of day. These electrolytes are salty as they should be, quenching your thirst and hitting the spot. And the best part, when you head to drinklmnt.com slash KDP, you'll receive a free Element sample pack. You only pay $5 for shipping. The sample pack includes eight packets of Element. That includes two citrus, two raspberry, two orange, and two raw unflavored. Go to d-r-i-n-k-l-m-n-t.com forward slash KDP for your free sample pack. I love Element, and I really think you're going to, too. Again, that's drinkelement.com forward slash KDP to get your free sample pack. And if you don't love it, they will refund your $5, no questions asked. That's amazing. Like that your body can be that, that test for you. I trust my body immensely, but I don't know if I could trust my body enough. Like mine is so subtle. I think it's so cool that you have, I mean, it's unfortunate that you have that kind of reaction, but I'm sure you save a lot of money, not doing the testing and you could just go into a place and be like, Nope, this isn't safe
1: for me. <laughs> Exactly. And I was researching the testing and it was so confusing to know, like I actually, I did test my home and my uh, previous workspace because I always uh, also was crushing at work. So I, the first place that I wanted to test was my workspace and I did the air testing for both the office and my apartment and they both came back as negative with the air test. But I still couldn't go into work and uh, I just had to trust that I couldn't be there even though at that point when the task came negative I had initially ruled out that maybe it could not be mowed. I wasn't 100% sure but then when the acute response started settling in even in other places like oh yeah this has got to be mold and then I pieced together the water damage events and all the other symptoms I just researched more and I saw what those symptoms represented and indicated I was getting the brain fog I was getting neurological issues to the point where I would have uh, instant twitches like eyelid twitches leg weakness to the point where I if I stayed in some environments where I had a reaction I felt like I would fall to the ground, like my legs would just stop working and I would lose my words. And that's that would kick in so fast that it was scary. But then it left me no doubt that it was the environment, because as soon as I walked out, I was fine. I can run outside, whereas inside my legs can't even hold my own weight. That's insane. And like,
0: for people listening, they're like, how is this even possible? How can mold cause this sort of issue? Um, so mold creates mycotoxins, and they compute, they um, rather compete for food, and they attack other molds to win out. So the mycotoxins, if they're surrounded by other molds that aren't as dangerous, they will just overtake <laughs> those areas. And Each type of mold creates one or more type of mycotoxins, and those are the things that we would test in your body. That's what will be in your body from mold, and each of these types of mycotoxins create different types of symptoms, like what we're talking about with Anne in different homes. She got different symptoms, and that's why depending on where you're at you're going to have a different experience and it's not just through breathing that we can absorb these things it can be done through skin through eating sometimes i'll do mycotoxin tests and the food-based mycotoxins will be really high but the like environmental breathing or through skin mycotoxins won't be really high oftentimes if uh, somebody is struggling with mold or they have a history of mold yeast and mold really love to be together as do heavy metals so it's usually if somebody has an issue uh, with mycotoxins generally speaking now this is generally not all the time but it'll usually be that when we're addressing mold there they might get a yeast infection so it's really important to support that part also and sometimes also heavy metals depending on symptoms Another thing that I learned through being exposed to mold in our last boat and um, a little bit in this one, but we've cleaned it up significantly and we're going to talk about that next, like how to clean mold and how to prepare the house and all that stuff, was that it can ignite mold, uh, lime rather. (laughs) So if you have uh, lime issues or co-infections, oftentimes mold can ignite the lime that's that is dormant so it's a hot mess and you don't feel so good and it can also cause uh autoimmunity lowered immunity if you're staying in the in the home and i also wanted to touch on and you were talking about the air tests those things suck they are not the best way to determine whether or not there's mold in your home. They have the Petri dish tests and the, the air tests. Like it's all just not good. The only one that I've found that's relatively awesome is ERMI, E-R-M-I. Now, even though you get an ERMI, it's not entirely, you know, they have a score board at the bottom of the test and they'll give you, I think it's like, uh, what is it? Like zero to 20 or more. I think it even goes to negatives. In any case, the higher your score, the worse off your home is, but it doesn't take into consideration the different types of mycotoxins and which ones are more toxic than the other. And so it's important if you are gonna do an ERMI of your home, which is either a Swiffer test where you soak up all the stuff in the dust and things, or a vacuum test where you literally take the dust from your vacuum and send it to them. It's probably the best one to give yourself an indication of what's going on in the home and then understanding that each family of mold will score differently and it's really important to understand like which ones are worse because you could have a high Ermi score and it's not actually as bad as it looks. So yeah it's really important to to understand, which tests are a waste of money. Cause you're right. There's so much information about that. I went through a very, very lo- long course on mold to try to understand this fully because it is very complicated and there are a lot of misinformation items on there and a lot of people willing to take a lot of money from you to help you clean your home and make it actually worse than it is um, getting better. And then my preferred mycotoxin test, just for those looking for resources is probably going to be real time labs, mycotoxin test. It's a urine test. However, there's a problem and maybe and you've experienced this also that sometimes your symptoms will go dormant and or your body likes to keep you as safe as possible. And so unless there is a, s- a current trigger going on, your body will start shuttling that mold away. Um, so it might not actually come out of the urine when you test it. So um, sometimes mold tests on your body can be really really low but it's not actually that it's really really low so it's important to do a provoked test. And so I guess the next piece to this I would love to ask like how are you are you removing the mold from your body? Are you doing any supplements or practices to do that? And are you doing anything for your home to make sure that mold doesn't grow? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yes, so it's very interesting how well I responded just by stepping away from the mold and avoiding exposure. That has been a huge game changer. On top of that, to make sure that my space is mold-free, I am running dehumidifiers. I live in Victoria, BC, right? Super humid weather as well. It rains the entire winter, basically. So I have a dehumidifier on. I have air purifiers on. I started noticing Anytime I get things wet, like, well, when I'm showering, is my shower getting dry within a few hours after I'm done? Is my dishwasher just accumulating water, like you mentioned? Are my clothes being washed properly? I found out through a website that was targeted on people dealing with uh, toxic black mold that ammonia is a great substance that not only counts down Uh, um, removes the the mold spores, the count of mold spores is reduced. Also, it's able to inactivate the mycotoxins, which is uh, a challenge. Let's say when I'm bringing things, my clothes from my old apartment into my new home, I'm not bringing them in. I'm soaking them in ammonia outside before Mm -hmm. they come in so that I'm not bringing any toxins in my new environment. So I'm being super careful with that. And health-wise... I've noticed that I can get away with a lot more than I could before. I'm still taking all of my supplements. I got on the supplement train as soon as I started studying holistic nutrition. And I take lots of them that support me. But I've noticed that even if I skip them sometimes, I don't actually notice that huge of a difference that I could notice before I am taking activated charcoal and nano zeolite clay as binders for the mycotoxin but even if I skip those I still feel fine at the new space just because I'm not having new exposures. And diet-wise, it's amazing that I have actually been able to get away with eating things that I couldn't eat before. I can eat dairy again, and it's not an issue. I don't feel sick after eating dairy right now. I can even eat popcorn. I buy organic popcorn. Okay, it's not ideal, but if I want to have it, I can have it, and it won't make me crash. So I keep my diet and my supplements and my routine all very structured and organized, but even when I deviate, it doesn't throw me off. And it's amazing to see that the change in environment was key for that. So definitely uh, diet is not the end all be all for health issues, but it was so important in my journey, especially because my diet was really bad as a kid. And I think that that contributed to my sensitivity and my reactivity to mold that I have right now. I definitely before I started doing work on my gut and my diet, I was dealing with dysbiosis, with leaky gut and a lot of general inflammation because I was lacking the right nutrients, but also because I was putting toxin after toxin in my body and not just food wise, but like healthcare, um, sorry, body care products, you know, cosmetics, shampoos and stuff. I, I cleaned that all out of my life. And that's why I was actually frustrated a bit that, wow, why is my health still not as good, as I thought it should be, like filtering my water, filtering my shower water, doing all that I could do, doing Epsom salt baths, every single effort that could be done, I was doing. But nothing gave me the 100% results that I was hoping for until I found out about mold and I removed myself from that environment. And it took some courage as well to just leave everything behind and say, yep, I cannot take any of this with me. I'm selling all my furniture. I'm washing all the things that I can save with a very safe protocol. And I'm so happy that I took that. I made that decision and I'm excited for what my life will be like now that I have all of these tools. I really hope you're enjoying
0: today's episode. I'd love to see where you're listening from. You can snap a pic and tag me at Leanne Vogel or leave a review for the show on your favorite podcast player. It helps me out tremendously. Okay, back to the good stuff. Wow. It's, it is, as a practitioner that works with clients that are in mold environments, I got to say, it is probably the hardest thing. And a lot of people refuse to do it to encourage them to first test their home. I have many clients who are sick with mold. They know they're sick with mold. They know they feel better when we're addressing mold, but they don't want to test their home because they're terrified that their home is making them sick. And or they're terrified that we're going to have to have the conversation around, you're going to have to trash most of the things you own and that is really heartbreaking you know in many cases it can include books and sentimental things that you just like you were saying you can't clean you know there's there's certain practices of like soaking things in borax and doing ozone treatments on porous materials but there's some things that you just can't and you got to trash it oh it is heartbreaking and it's hard and i'm going through it myself personally and it is Yeah, it sucks because you love these things. They're your things and it's hard. I think to your point, it's so good that by getting out of the mold situation, you've felt better. Um, We actually have a neighbor and she moved in to her boat a couple of months ago and I introduced myself and I was like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. So happy to see you here. And she and her husband had bought this boat a couple of years ago and she moved in A couple of months ago, her husband passed away. They were living in a condo that had severe black mold. And instead of moving, they stayed. And he actually passed away with complications due to um, being exposed to black mold for years. And um, she was so serious when she started talking about mold and she was like, I trashed everything. Like, it was so sad to hear her story and really lit a fire under me. Just like your experience, Anne, of like, you know, these things and you just want to educate others so they don't have to experience what you've experienced. And for some people, it's getting out of the environment. For other people, it's getting out of the environment and removing the mold from their bodies. And I know this specific lady that lives close to us. She's asking me like, if I take phosphatidylcholine and this binder, could that work? And it's cool that she's wanting to like get the stuff out of her body. And for some people, myself included. I have to be really on point with my supplements. I feel a difference if I don't take them. Specifically, the binders and sweating. Sweating is can be really, really helpful for metals and mold specifically. Um, So that's great. I'm just I'm so impressed by you and your the responsibility you've taken over your body and your health. It's just it's incredible to hear.
1: Thank you, Leanne. Um, As I said, it's amazing to be chatting with you about all of this and uh, seeing that you're um, working with clients that are facing these challenges. And I seen, I've seen from my personal life how hard it is for people to understand this concept. And I can't imagine as a practitioner that um, maybe the client came to you to talk about his diet and it's like, okay, let's talk about your home mm-hmm. and how that could be playing out, right? So it's probably really challenging for people to take those news and make decide to make a change this big. It's scary. But I had no choice in my condition. It's like, actually, I did. I could have stayed sick if I wanted and attached to my belongings. But I chose health over my belongings and my comfort zone because I knew that I would be able to get it all back once I got my health back
0: so true amen where can are you working with clients now that you've graduated and kind of tell us like what's going on with your work and what are your plans are you starting up a business what are you doing
1: Yes, I am, which is why it's also very exciting to be here because I'm just starting my practice now. I'm doing all online video consultations for uh, holistic nutrition. I have just finished setting up my website, actually. It is ignite dash alignment.com. My brand is Ignite Alignment, but there's a dash between the two words for my website. And I'm happy to work with anyone that wants to learn about what nutrition and lifestyle changes can do for them. And one of the things that I see a lot of results when working with clients with diet adjustments is the Ayurveda philosophy and traditional Chinese medicine philosophy of energetics of food. It's been such a game changer for my health to balance out uh, the elements of food as Ayurveda sees them and the tastes of food as Ayurveda sees them to fix imbalances that could come up in someone's body and talking about the doshas, vata, pitta and kapha. It's been such a journey to study all that. And I'm happy to be able to offer that extra uh, tool for the nutrition perspective while keeping, uh, you know, away from the spiritual practices that I don't really uh, share my belief in with what Ayurveda could bring in. So I just wanted to make sure that Christians could be comfortable coming and learning about how Ayurveda sets out the energetics of food and traditional Chinese medicine does very similarly and just take on the science that they have because it is science, is observation through ages and ages. That is science, even though our modern science hasn't tested that with the tools that we have now.
0: That is such a delicate balance. And I so, so, so appreciate that there are Christians that want to walk that line of, you know, when I start to hear doshas and Ayurveda, my mind goes to, you know, all the other stuff, all the new agey type of things. And I agree with you, there's that fine line. And I think we can get quite a lot of information through that observation by observation pieces in some of these ancient practices and medicines without getting or compromising our faith as as christians so i i am so glad that you're doing that it's a it's a walk that many of us in the health well all of us in the health space who are christians have to walk of just guarding our hearts and knowing uh, where we, yeah, where we can be deceived. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Deceived. So yeah. Wow. That's great. I'm so glad I will include the website ignite dash alignment, uh, your website in the show notes today, Anne, and for anyone interested in, in connecting with you, they can go there and yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show
1: today. Wow. Just thank you. Thank you, Leanne. This is amazing for me. I'm beyond myself with excitement to be here. And yeah, I just have to say that I love your show and I love your work. And it means so much to me to be chatting with you today.
0: Oh, and I'm so glad that we got this time to get to know each other better and share about mold, one of my most favorite topics outside of parasites. So thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Thank you, Leanne. God bless you.